Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart. And before we get to the episode this week, I just want to acknowledge like, yeah, I, I get it. It's been a while. Um, I've been busy, which, you know, we're all busy, uh, but I do have an excuse. If you haven't seen it yet, Sitecore does have their own podcast now called Delivering Digital. Uh, and I've been busy recording episodes for them. Uh, recorded several at Sitecore Symposium. Um, those, um, all have mainly come out now. Uh, if you check the show notes for this episode, of course, Ampler, uh, there'll be links over to where you can find those. Um, but, uh, I had a, I have a number of other kind of course sampler interviews that I also did at symposium that I finally getting a chance to sit down and edit and put out for you guys to, uh, you guys to enjoy. So I appreciate the patience. And if you're subscribed and nice little surprise for you in the uh, in the feed that it came up if not and if you're new to the the podcast welcome uh, again and this is where you know we try and expose what's going on in in the Sitecore community in this episode we sit down with Pete Navarra from Connective DX and if you've been in the community at all and had done any research into EXM you've no doubtedly seen Pete's name uh, Pete's obviously does a lot more behind that Pete was um, one of the early early contributors to Sitecore Stack Exchange um made uh made a, quite a name for himself there in uh helping uh, along with a, a bunch of other folks in the community get that uh get that up but i had been wanting to get pete on for a while uh just because he knows so much about exm uh and has done some really amazing demos which we'll kind of cover in this episode so uh without further ado please enjoy this conversation with pete pete welcome to core sampler Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me on. So if you've been a listener to this podcast for any amount of time, I, I think I pick on you all the time as the EXM guy. That's why I don't listen to you. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wanted to get you on. I think, you know, we're at Symposium. You know, you, you gave um, kind of a, gener- a, a genesis of the, the talk you gave back in, in, in spring at SugCon. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about what you end up doing with, uh, with EXM for your demo? Yeah, you know, it really is about... Um, I just want to show people that EXM is usable. Mm-hmm. I want people to know that they can have trust in the nine platform with EXM. Yeah, and yeah. when I thought about this, I was like, I can't just say that. Yeah. I can't just say, I have to show them. And how do I show them? And uh, and so uh, what I decided was this idea around having a live demonstration of actually sending people emails in the audience as I do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, in order to really do that, I, as a person, have to have faith in the product. Yeah. And to go up on stage and do that in a live demo when everybody else around me is saying, oh, my God, don't do that. Record your demo, yada, yada. I was like, well, how do I record people receiving an email? Right. right. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, um, that was the impetus. That was the kind of the culmination around the idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so with that, I said, well, um, I'm going to kind of make it pretty. Uh, and I'm not a designer. So fortunately, the company I work for, we have design people, we have front-end people, yeah. and they made me a really pretty site. And and then from that, I kind of took this idea that we're in Walt Disney World. Let's have some fun with it, right? right, and, right. Uh, and I also don't want to necessarily just trample IP, yeah. right? So uh, I just said, well, you know, 
I'm going to play on the word recycler and yeah. I'm going to call it core warts. Yeah, yeah. The school of dispatch wizardry and email witchcraft. Yeah. And, and, and so like the Disney geek in me yeah. is, is, is saying that, that that's actually Universal's IP. So it's, but yeah, well, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you know. Universal's here, right? We're going right, there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I, and I think an interesting part was you, you kind of walked down memory lane with with EXM and it's in its in its lineage. It's uh, yeah. and, and kind of, I, I guess, is probably that the, the easy way to put it is you didn't pull any punches on on, no. on on how great a product it's been yeah. up, up until now. Well, you know, EXM has been a fantastic. No, honestly. Um, in order for me to have credibility in the community, and, and let's on let's be honest, like we have a very close knit community, but we're also very critical of each other. Yeah. And we, we, you know, for me to have credibility in the community to come out and say use EXM, if I don't talk about how bad it was, I instantly lose credibility. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to me. And so, at the end of the day, we have to be honest. We have to be candid with ourselves. Yeah. And I say myself as a, as a developer, myself as uh, working for an agency, but also myself as, as being a, an MVP and really a partner to Sitecore. And even, you know, I'm telling Sitecore that's like, you got to be honest with yourselves. And so I try to be very respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, hey, listen, this is, the, this is where we come from. And it was not a great road. Yeah. Why wasn't a great road? Well, it was actually a comedy of errors. You know, it was... Uh, it was list manager, which is not even part of EXM. It's not part of the module that we know of as EXM. Yeah. It's part of the Sitecore platform and list manager was really bad. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, you couldn't create a list of 50,000 contacts unless you waited six hours for it to get indexed. Right. And then you ran into an issue where if your worker process decided to just pick up, then that list would never get indexed and it would remain locked for indefinitely. Yeah. So there's just a myriad of issues. Um, the, the biggest one actually though, which, and I have no necessarily factual stats. I, I really use the 80, 20 rule just based on the anecdotes of, of the clients that I've worked with and kind of the, the saves that I've had with the XM with clients is that 80% of the implementations that I've seen where EXM was failing while there was a lot of it that was because of the bugs, because of list manager, it was because it was bad, badly implemented. Yeah, yeah. Poor implementations, bad configuration. And it was because the developer or the partner or whoever was implementing it didn't really fully understand what they were doing. Sure. And, lot- and I think I, I remember sitting on a couple, like even like launch calls on earlier versions and there, that, that, the story always was it wasn't a developer product. It wasn't, you know, this is a module that you should just be able to install and, and, and party on. And it's, it, it, that really wasn't the case. I, I think, you know, it, it, you know, it, you had to get around some stuff. I mean, if we're being honest ourselves, you can't really implement Sitecore without the developer. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was, but it's not, you know, it's not, um, I think it was a little bit, you know, the, the design goal until yeah. you know, in previous versions, it was a, to be a little bit more turnkey than than it than it actually was. Yeah, I mean, they definitely Sitecore Eight was definitely uh, a turning point for Sitecore, where they they really did focus on the on the you know not to overuse this word, but they really did focus on the full experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, they did have some failures and successes. With OMS, mm-hmm. which then translated into DMS, the, the digital marketing system, 
um, through version sevens. And, but that was kind of like their proof of concept, but yeah. to Sycor, they're selling their proof of concepts because, you know, they want to try to remain, you know, revenue generating. Yeah. At least that's my per- perception. Um, but then they, they kind of got together and said, Hey, all these ideas are working. Let's, let's revamp Sycor and let's create this big marketing platform and connect all the dots. And so that's what the culmination of, you know, Sycor eight was anyways. Uh, they brought in like, um, uh, you know, the XDB, the experience database and all this other stuff. And, but they still kept EXM as a module. And that was really one of the, the biggest hurdles to, 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 to market really was that you had to implement it right. If it wasn't implemented right, you had failures. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess if we take a step back, I, I think you, you, you and I were in a conversation earlier and I was kind of taken aback. How long have you been working with Cycle? <laughs> so I've actually been, uh, I was, uh, since January of 2008. So almost, uh, almost 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was first certified in the uh, 5.2, uh, John West, uh, if anybody knows lifetime MVP, uh, he was actually my, my trainer, uh-huh. uh, when I was getting certified back in 2008. Yeah. And, and the one thing I remember was, you know, I didn't know at the time, John West was just a trainer. I didn't yeah. know who this guy was. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't anybody to me. Right. Yeah. And he, I don't I think around that time he hadn't become the prolific blogger no. that he was. No. It was just, yeah. He was just a trainer. Yeah. And so, so my, my recollection of John West is, Oh yeah, that's the guy I learned XSLT from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in that time frame. Yeah, I think I was I was adding up in my own head. I think it was like 2009 was the the first project that I've been on. Yeah. Um, the uh, and it, yeah, it's been it, it's crazy to think it's been that long. Yeah, it's been that long. We and you know, I mean, there's I've seen so much. I mean, between six and seven and eight and now nine. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's gonna. It's, it's been a ride. Yeah. It's been a fun ride. And, you know, from that, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, the, I mean, I'm a developer at heart, so I'm always going to get technical. I'm always going to get geeky if I'm in the right audience. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I, I personally just absolutely love teaching people and helping people. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you follow me on my, on my blog or if you've even seen any of my Stack Exchange posts, like, I am not a shorthand writer. I write very long blog posts. I, I, I really try to not just educate people on how to fix the solution, but I educate people on how I derived the solution. Right, right. Um, because not a lot of people, especially on the developer side of things, the journey to find a solution is what matters, mm-hmm. not what the solution is. It's the journey on how you got there. Right. Right. And when you're learning cycle, when, when somebody is learning cycle for the first time, you don't teach them the marketing platform, yeah. this, at least from a developer perspective, right? You don't teach them the marketing platform. You introduce the design patterns <clears throat> that Sycor has put in place. Yeah. Because if you understand the design patterns around how Sycor operates, it doesn't matter whether you're looking at SSA or EXM or any of these other modules that surround Sycor, because they all use the same design patterns. Yep. Yep. Well, and the thing is, speak. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, if you, if you stick with that, yeah. it, 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 it makes the marketer's job so much easier. Yes. That it, you know, there are design patterns there so that, you know, content authoring is a lot easier. Personalization is a really great example of that. You know, the fact that personalization is the same, no matter where you're at in your site, 
And then that translates down to the email side of the XM. It's like you're using the same tools that you're used to using to do your job. Yeah. And personalization, I always like, and you know, I, I tell people, you know, especially if they're, say they're a content author and all that, and they're, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know about personalization and all that. It's like, if you can use a rule in Outlook that says like, <laughs> you know, if, if I get an email from, you know, if I get a notice, like if you're a developer, maybe you get, you get notices from, you know, systems that you need to monitor, but you don't want it clogging your inbox. So you'd like, if it comes from this address, you know, put it in this folder. If you can, if you can use the rules engine in Outlook, you can use the rules engine in personalization. It's, it's, it's very similar. It's a, if this condition happens, then do this, you know, and it's, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny you say that because the very first time I actually saw the, the, the personalization window, Outlook was the first thing I had in my mind. I was like, wow, this kind of looks like the Outlook uh, window. Um, but you're, you're exactly right. If you can use Outlook, you can certainly use this personalization window. Yeah. They couldn't get any more easier in their explanation. Mm-hmm. Where such and such, such and such, you know, do this and that with that value. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a developer. We, you know, maybe I work at a company. I've, we've decided yeah. Okay. You know what? We're going to give EXM a try. What, what, what do you got to do to get started? I mean, what is the, kind of, if, if you're a developer, how do you, how do you kind of tread into those waters? You know, um, on the developer side, uh, well, on the marketing side or on, on the client side, what I say is, um, upgrade to nine, get to nine, do something to get you to nine. Uh-huh. And I say that because the entry path for EXM is super simple. It's already there. You just, Enable it and you're off to the races. Sure. Um, but, you know, talking to developers, uh, you know, when we're, when we're looking at, at Sitecore 8 and a lot of implementations are still on 8 and there's no path to 9 for those clients, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the advice that I'm giving is, well, if you're going to go down that route, you can use the XM, but understand that it's going to be difficult. Yeah. You're going to have some challenges. Um, but read the documentation carefully, uh, especially with uh, Git, a, get them to 8.2 update 5 so they can use EXM 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, EXM 3.5, by the way, is probably the most stable version uh, of EXM within. As a module. As a module. Yeah. Um, and then update uh, update 3, 4, and 5 within uh, Sitecore 8.2 has a lot of list manager fixes. Sure. Um, uh, that fix all the list manager issues that we were having. Uh, which makes 3.5 very uh, viable. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just understand that you have multiple roles. So like Sitecore has your content management role, you have your content delivery role, uh-huh. your processing role, and your reporting role. Well, EXM adds a fifth role, the dedicated dispatch. At the end of the day, it's just a glorified content management ser- system. Uh-huh. But in EXM terminology, it turns your content management role into the primary content management role and it turns the dedicated dispatch server into just a secondary CM role. Sure. So um, from that from that example, understand that just making sure your configuration files and how you deploy those configurations, look at the enable disable for EXM and mm-hmm. follow it to the T. Yeah, and that's I mean, you you raise a good point too. That that level of defining your roles. I, I you know, I, I talk to customers and you know, they're like, should we should we wait till nine? Should we, you know, and this was, you know, before it was it, it was just out there looking at it like, do we need to upgrade to nine? And you know, my my standard response kind of was if if you're just 
if it's just if you're just using the CMS, so the the, the XM part of it, it's it's there there wasn't a lot on that side. But like it, you bring up a, a great point that EXM is is a completely different beast on nine. You know, and the 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 role definition. I don't know how many times I've I've gone through of like pouring over a, a spreadsheet of which which config files you need to enable and disable because this is the CD server and this is the CM server and. And then making sure that it gets right, and then all of a sudden you realize you missed one, and it's trying to do log processing, and, mm. and you know it's, it's trying to actually you know do the the reduction off the analytics database on one of the servers, and like no, that's not supposed to be doing that. So it's, that that becomes a lot less error prone in nine. You know there was stuff um, there was stuff inter- introduced in that with that role definition that it becomes so much easier. Yeah, the the role definition in nine has really made our integrators lives easier um, because we just say, Hey, this is a processing server and we walk away. Um, and so we have to really pay attention to that in eight. Um, because what, what we, what I see a lot of times is the standard, uh, content management setup where you just have a content management role and you just have a content delivery role Mm -hmm. and nobody really pays attention to the fact that because you just have the content management role, all these other things are happening on that server. Yeah. Processing's happening, reporting's happening, you know. And so when we look at EXM, that adds the sec the a third service, I guess you could say, of yeah. dispatching. Now you're having your content management server dispatching on top of processing those uh those interactions mm-hmm. on the dispatch. Yeah. And so, I mean, d- dispatching is kind of a fancy term of it's going through and generating the emails and yep. sending them out. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, the way they've kind of architected it was, was pretty interesting, but, um, EXM, when it's generating the email, it's actually using Sitecore's rendering system to mm-hmm. generate the email. And so, uh, as, as everybody might be aware, a content management server can't initialize the tracker. No, so, no. so if you're, if you're doing personalization, on the content management server in that type of role, um, the content management server can't actually initiate the tracker, which all of the other interfaces for Sitecore use the tracker to understand the personalization yeah. for the contact, yeah. specifically around like that contact record. So to do that, what happens is, is that EXM, when you check the box that says, oh, we're going to do personalization, it actually sends the request for rendering to your content delivery server has the content delivery server render the message, and then EXM just takes the the HTML that it, that it produced and sends that out. And then yeah. sends it out. Yep. Yeah. And so on the on the on the email delivery side, I know Sitecore has traditionally had a couple options where you can you know, when you're sending out a lot of emails, the the, the challenge is, and I, I think people may may take this a little too not serious enough but you there's you know there's things like reputation management of yeah. you know if if your if your email server is running on uh, a particular IP address and enough people flag you know flag your emails as spam you can get on a blacklist and now all of a sudden none of your emails get delivered yeah i could do a whole college level course just on smtp and and what Reputation management really means, but in, in the, in kind of a, a really small box, people who own, uh, their website, own the, the, the presence of their website, uh, to the world, mm-hmm. you know, their, that domain, managing the reputation is on them 
to make sure that we're paying attention to our bounce backs. We're paying attention to our spam and abuse uh, um, receipts that we're getting and that we're paying attention to that information. Uh, And then second to that, you know, you have to warm up IPs on SMTP servers and you can't run SMTP server in the cloud. Can't happen. Um, ICANN doesn't allow it. Nobody, the the spec doesn't allow it. Um, And so uh, you have all these things that you have to pay attention to that you're not going to pay attention to if you're just a marketer. Because... I just want to send an email. I just want to send an email. You know, yeah. I just and want to send an email. And it's, it's really simple. I type in this box, I hit send, and I send an email. But, like, yeah, you're, you're right. The SMTP under the covers is there's a lot going on. Yeah. And there's been a lot done in, I, you know, quote, unquote, recent years to try and address, you know, it, you know there's legitimate marketing emails. And then there's, there's marketing emails that are definitely not legitimate. And, like, trying to stop those has been a challenge of, I remember, I think speaking of college level courses, somebody showing basically the fired up telnet connected to port 25, which is what the, you know, what the email server runs on and, and like typed in the SNTP commands of like mail. I, I, I used to know them, but you could, you know, and it was like, Oh, Hey, here's an email from, you know, Bill Gates and, you know, and like, Hey, forward this and I'll, you know, give you five bucks or something. And it was so easy to spoof those emails that now you, 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 people kind of email got ruined for a while. So then they put in this, you know, it's really rudimentary represent, representation management. Um, you know, some of it being that in your, in your, when you have a domain name and you're going to be sending, you're going to be sending an email from Pete Navarra.com. And so you will say that, you know, email for my domain only originates from here or it can originate from these two servers and yeah. so if somebody tries to spoof that from another server, then you, you know, there's a stronger little likelihood that that's not a legitimate email. Yeah. There's a lot of acronyms I could throw at you like DKM and SPF. Exactly. And, that's what I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, basically what that means is, is you're telling, you're telling the world that, Hey, on my DNS for my domain name resolution, these are my email servers. Yeah. And so what, what's happening now is that, um, SMTP servers have gotten smarter. Yeah. And so before they actually, and I'm not talking about the SMTP server that's sending the mail. I'm talking about the SMTP server that's receiving the mail. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the interesting thing is it, it, it's, it is almost like mail, right? So mm-hmm. you've got, you, you're in a company, you've got the company, you know, IT's managing. Their, you've got mail. Yeah. Yeah. Your IT department's managing the email server and, or, you know, anymore, a lot of people are moving into the cloud. And so they, you know, maybe they have a subscription with Microsoft. They're using, you know, Microsoft 365. They've got, you know, exchange running in the cloud. So that, that's that server. And no, but I want to send an email to you. It goes into my server and then that server looks up like, Oh, I got to send this to Pete Navarra.com. Let me go to DNS. Yep. And instead of like, I'm not going to go to his website, I need to know where to send his email yep. and it connects to your email server. Yep. And you're saying like, you're exactly right. Those, you know, your inbound server will be like, Oh, somebody's sending something from Microsoft.com. But if I look at Microsoft.com, where I'm getting this email from doesn't doesn't jibe with what what Microsoft has told the world of where our emails come from. So right. therefore, I'm like, I don't trust this guy. Yep. Yeah. The uh, it, it's it is a two way road. Um, you know the there's the the, the records on the domain uh, mm-hmm. to get to a little bit. You know you have your MX record, which is your mail exchanger. Yep. And and so that tells the SMTP server that is sending the mail where I need to send that mail. Yeah. But then with the 
SMTP server does that's receiving it says, oh, I have a mail from such and such mail server. I need to validate it. So I go out and I pull the DNS record for that IP address and find out if there's an SPF record and find out if there's a DKM. And then I find out what their their mail server is supposed to be Mm -hmm. and say, oh, yeah. So that's how SMTP servers know to talk with each other. But there is actually a second step there is that SMTP servers, when they're receiving mail, they also validate against the clearinghouses that are monitoring mail servers. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, there's, there's about two or three out there, but a spam house is probably the biggest one. Yeah. And if you get blacklisted on spam house, you have email that is not going anywhere. Yeah. Because it's not that, even going to get filed into a junk it's folder. It's not even going to a junk folder. It's, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It's just a dead email. Yeah. You know, the SMTP server says, nope. Yep. And goes away. Yeah. So I mean, we we covered some you know, some 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 good acronyms there, and I'll, 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 I'll link I'll, I'll link up to them in the show notes because even if you know even if you're not a technical person, there are things you need to be aware of, and I, I think yeah. I've I've walked marketers through this, and there the you can tell like oh this is a lot more complex than it needs to be, but it. it it's unfortunately the world we live in now because yeah. because there's been so much abuse of of email, and you know I, I've I've said this in other forums that email is still a great if if you're a marketer it's still a great mechanism for yeah, absolutely it's a great channel because uh, you know somebody somebody wants to, you know if you think about it most people what's the first thing they do when they wake up you know like uh, it depends on your age but you're probably going to look at email. Yeah. Um, and then maybe social media and all that. So it, you know the, the engagement level, if if you're marketing, is um, is a lot stronger with email. And I I I, I personally subscribe to several newsletters yeah. of. You know, I don't have time during the day to go check blogs every day and all that. But you know, if a, if a, there's several that I'm that I care about, and I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe to the email newsletter that they have. And it's just part of my day of like, you know, I'm going through my inbox and I'm, yeah, you may get a lot more email, but I, you know, I know I'm going to get something. The one I, you know, the one, if you're in technology, I, I can't recommend enough. Dave Powell writes a, an email newsletter. It's kind of round up all the news of the day. It's called next draft. Uh, I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Um, so like between newsletters and, you know, if you're a marketer, um, getting people engaged in terms of, uh, you know, new product launches and all that. It's a great channel. So it's, you know, if you're a marketer, yeah, there's a lot of kind of alphabet soup to understand here, but it's, it's important to understand. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, also as a marketer, I think, I think one thing to remember is that, um, you can't do it all and you're not expected to do it all, you know? And, And what's really interesting, at least it's been my experience, you know, working on the agency side a little bit. So I get introduced to clients and we're either brought into the client from either the marketing side or the IT side. Yeah. But there's always been this contentious relationship in a lot of companies between marketing and IT because marketing wants to do the pie in the sky and IT says I have regulations. Yeah. And uh and, and so what I what I always advocate when I get into those situations is is that the marketer needs to understand that they need a relationship with their IT folks, with their technical folks, mm-hmm. too, because a lot of the enablement that they're going to be able to do requires them to do the technical side, like setting up domain name entries and, and making sure you have these acronyms that I'm throwing out there. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, if you're looking for, you know, how do I how do I achieve uh, utopia in Sycor? Mm-hmm. It's it's have a relationship with your technical people and, and, and get everybody on board with what the overall mission, you know, there, there was a, I'm going to kind of stray it for a second here. Uh, 
I was talking to somebody, and honestly, I, I don't necessarily remember who I was talking to. It was not even related to Sitecore. Um, but uh, they were telling me the story about John F. Kennedy, and he and he went to NASA, and he went to one of the janitors and asked him what his job was. Mm-hmm. And the janitor who was mopping the floor said, we're trying to get to the moon. The janitor's mission is to get to the moon, and he's helping by making sure the floors are clean. Yeah, yeah. You know, when everybody's mission is the same and, and everybody is focused on what the end goal is, it makes everybody appreciate what they're doing, and then everybody works together. To yeah, and I, I mean, I would add on that. It's it, it's more than, you know, you, you did an offsite and all the executives got together and wrote a mission statement. It's, it, it's people are actually invested in that yeah. mission statement. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can't agree more. I, I, I think the biggest successes I've seen is where marketing and IT get together and they, they know what they're, they're going after. Absolutely. So Pete, it's been a great, great hey, conversation. It's Derek, uh, anytime. Yeah. So uh, if, if people want to find out more about you online, where, 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 where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm um, very prominent. Uh, for, well, first off my blog is psychohacker.com. I'm also Psycho Hacker on Twitter. Um, I'm extremely uh, readily available on uh, Psycho Slack. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm frequently answering questions on Psycho Slack Exchange. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so check out that. We'll get that all linked up in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.